All right, welcome to it, ladies and gentlemen. Thoughts longer than three minutes, and uh, this is one of those episodes where I'm just like, man, I enjoy what I get to do. Uh, such a privilege, uh, a real honor, a real gift to my own life, and uh, just what I'm trying to do as a human being here on this planet, uh, both in my life as well as in my faith, as I always say. So, yeah, just so grateful that I can bring you a conversation like this where I just felt so uh, inspired, felt so challenged in just who I am as a human and how I interact with other humans. Um, yeah, and just really enjoyed the conversation. Um, I got to interview a woman named uh, Notando, and she is uh, working uh, out in Port Elizabeth. I mean, she'll tell you all this stuff, but ultimately the conversation that we were able to have uh, is one where I think we got to speak about her journey, but then also uh, quite a good chat about just her journalism background and how it relates to relating with mankind. So I hope it's a conversation that you enjoy as much as I did. Um, I would encourage you to grab your notebook. And if you're out on a run, uh, this is one of those moments where you just let your feet do the the running and let your mind focus in on what's being discussed here. Anyway, we'll catch you at the end of the episode for another bit of what I've learned and some of my takeaways. Cheers. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Thoughts Longer Than Three Minutes. Uh, today, I have the privilege and honor to be able to interview uh, an incredible young woman uh, who I think her story and journey in life and in faith uh, will be inspiring to a lot of us. And uh, even for me, I've known her from a distance for, for a long time, um, been in similar circles, but not necessarily uh, been you know, in deep conversations. So I'm looking forward to this myself. It's one of those uh, special ones where I get to, to chat to someone who's doing stuff that I want to learn from and that I, I, I uh, am inspired by. And so without further ado, uh, this is my interview with Notando uh mashoba i hope i said that correctly um notando how are you and <laughs> give us a brief a quick brief of of who you are thank you remo um notando mashoba is my name thank you for that uh, amazing introduction i am doing well thank you for having me amen can can you give us a brief uh intro into who who is notando Okay, so I, ha I am Notando. I used to go by Percy, but now I go by Notando, long story. I am currently living in Port Elizabeth um, from Johannesburg. Became a Christian about nine years ago, and I've just been on a, um, a great adventure with God. I've lived in different places. Uh, this past nine years and I yeah so my family are they are world travelers and they live all over the world uh, my mom's in Canada my the rest of my family's in Ireland and I some of my sisters in Joburg so that's a little bit about me cool uh, so I know you said it's a long story but do you mind going there with with what what was the transition because I knew you as Percy for a while and and I'm part of the crew that has had to make the transition to to Notando so do you mind telling us why why the change so the reason is okay so I've 
I had gone by Notando for, by Percy for a very long time. But I think in 2018, I realized that the reason why I didn't want to go by Notando for a very long time was because I, 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 the name just carried so much weight. So it, it means mother of love. Mm-hmm. And I just never considered myself as a loving person. And the fact that now, you know, in African culture, when someone, um, when, when you have a, a specific name, uh, people expect you to act according to that name. And I felt like I just was not there yet. And uh, in 2018, I, I was in Durban and I was praying. And I think I just felt like I, I really want to take up this challenge to be a loving person. And I think um, people calling me Natanda is a constant reminder <laughs> of who I'm, I'm trying to be and who I believe God is molding me to be. And yeah, and, and also because um, it's my native name and I'm proud of it. Mm. And I, yeah, and I love the meaning. And I and so I am, um, yeah, it's for a number of reasons, and these are the two that I have so far, yeah. Sure, all right, no, amen, well, uh, Notan is a great name, and uh, um, that's a, it's a cool way to think about it, that it, it carries weight, and it helps you to remember every time someone calls you that, that that's what you're aspiring to be, and preferably what God is, is you know, doing, doing in your life. Um, but take us back, you know, you, you mentioned a little bit that your family is a little bit all over the place. Um, uh, if you don't mind, take us back to your childhood. You know, what, what was, what was Notando like at, you know, zero, between like zero and 10 years old? How did the, the journey to the woman that sits here today kind of begin? Okay. Um, so I grew up with my grandmother and she was, a, she was a Christian and she took me to church with her. Um, I, she was my whole world. I, I really loved my grandmother and she uh, taught me pretty much, pretty much everything that I, I needed to know about Christianity at that age, what I could handle at that age. But I think I, at the time, I just loved going to church with her because I just loved to be with her. Like wherever she went, I wanted to go. And that's why I liked going to church. And, um, and I think she just enjoyed seeing me in church. So I, I was singing at church. Um, I was doing, you know, going to Sunday school and just doing, um, yeah, what kids do at church. And I, I think I enjoyed it, but I think I just enjoyed doing that adventure with her. Mm. But I, I believe that um, it did lay a good foundation on, for me in my Christian walk. Uh, mm. She passed away the, when I was, um, eight years old but I think even when I was 12 I I remember just seeking God for myself and really wanting to uh, continue the journey that I had started with her and um, so when I was a child I pretty much um, spent a lot of time with my grandmother Mm. just teaching me how to cook either we were going to church or we were praying or we were meeting whatever she wanted to do I don't mind doing uh, obviously mm. doing other kids stuff like playing outside um being with friends and sure sure so that's me between the age of 10 yeah amen well thanks thanks for sharing and I'm sorry to to hear that about your grandmother um 
but that sounds like that was you, you even as you're speaking you're smiling so it sounds like it's fun fun memories of your of your early early years um and and so this 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 little girl who who kind of loves loves church and loves doing the stuff with her grandmother you said at 12 years old she began to seek god for herself uh, and what does that look like at 12 years old so i think i wasn't sure what to look for so i just started reading stuff online and we lived I near church so I went to the church and I told the the pastor that I wanted to get baptized I think I just like had all these ideas of how you are to get sorry not under you've muted yourself <laughs> sorry, no. I was too young to trust everything at that time um so I went to this church and I got baptized and I didn't know what it was about and they gave me a certificate and um, I went home and nothing changed <laughs> and I was just like well sure. well yeah so it, it didn't I didn't really put that much effort I didn't know what I was doing I just knew that there was a God that mm. I caught a glimpse of when I was young and I wanted to find that God. I just didn't know where to go, what to do and yeah. And how to find him. Okay. All right. So, so I'm guessing part of this, you know, and, and I'm always trying to look for themes. So maybe I read into things too much, but part of the journey was, man, you know, I, I've done this stuff with my grandmother. Of course, your grandmother passed away when you're eight. Uh, and so it's just the continual kind of, okay, now for myself, right? It's no longer just me and my grandmother, but it's, it's for myself. Um, and so, so talk to me about your teenage years. Did that kind of hunger and thirst for God continue through those years? Or did you be, become a rebellious teenager and, and, and do all the crazy stuff that, that, that teenagers are said to do i don't know what the crazy stuff is but it just seems that uh, every society believes that's the crazy years yeah so my teen years were foggy i don't like it felt like i was just lost at this weird space being a teenager is so hard um this is for the teens out there i actually understand what you're going through <laughs> okay you're not crazy. Um, so I didn't, I didn't continue seeking God. Like I got my, like I told, like I said, I got my certificate mm -hmm. and then I, you know, turned 13, started going to high school. And I think things just started to change. I, I started to, um, to ask a lot more questions about myself i guess now the the focus was not necessarily on god and trying mm -hmm. to figure out who god was but i was asking myself who am i and what do i want and that kind of thing and i think i got lost there um i started um doing like modeling competitions mm. and not that i blame the modeling industry but i think it wasn't um but it's someone who's a teen and who's still finding themselves i think the industry was not good for me. I think I got really lost in it. I started to find my security in it. Um, and yeah, and then all the teenage stuff things happened. Mm. And then when I was in matric, I think in grade 11, um, I got an interest to, I, I just got interested in this church and I started to go there for a little bit, but then 
so much drama happened and the church broke up and so I left <laughs> so I left and um yeah we had to move anyway we had to move house so I was moving away but it just wasn't a good ending as well but I I had that moment but I think I was definitely lost at that time just trying to find myself in this world sure wasn't about God anymore I guess sure yeah and and any tips for someone who is in that age group? You said you, you understand teenagers. And I mean, the bulk of the people who listen to this podcast are young, uh, young being under 35. So any, any tips on trying to find yourself? Yes. So I would say if you're a teen girl, I don't know how girls, uh, how guy, boys work. Maybe okay. you can give them a lot. But I... As a teen girl, I would, I, I definitely think I am, I would say that you need to find someone that you look up to because it's quite foggy and you really don't have an idea where you're going. And, and a lot of people are asking you questions about like big life questions, like, mm. what do you want to be? And where do you want to go? And it's like, I really don't know. I don't know myself. I don't know what's going on. So I would say um, finding someone that, a mentor, like someone older than you, a mentor that you trust and someone you consider a role model and spending a lot of time just unpacking your thoughts and your feelings and your ideas about what's help, is, is helpful. Um, I had my older sister, uh, my half sister, we, she was it for me, you know, she was older than me. She, she, she was it and whatever she said, she didn't do, I didn't do. And whatever she, you know, she, she didn't think was, you know, um, maybe I should partake in, I wouldn't partake in. So her word carried so much weight because mm-hmm. to me, she was really cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I felt like she knew better. And so she was a great role model for me at the time. I remember even deciding what I wanted to study. And I had all these ridiculous ideas of what I thought I should be studying and she just pointed out to me what I actually enjoy doing in my spare time and she was like you actually really like writing in your spare time and maybe that's what you should consider and I think so that so her being in my life and just being so close to me and involved really helped shape my teen years a whole lot sure so I think having an older sister or someone that you look up to and spending a lot of time with them just sharing your thoughts and whatnot um is helpful because it is um a confusing time (laughs) sure yeah no it is it's like you said a lot of it is a blur because you're trying to figure these things out so I'm sure a mentor a mentor helps a lot um so I think you, your older sister kind of helps us move into the next part of your journey here because you, you leave your high school and you head, you head over to the, 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 Vit, what? the University of Witwatersrand, as they, as they say, uh, the mighty Wits over in Johannesburg uh, to study journalism. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, so talk, talk, talk mm-hmm. to me about your days at Wits. Uh, I know, you know, I kind of know that's where, you know, you, be, you kind of re-began this journey of seeking God and stuff. But before we get to that stuff, talk to me about the transition from high school into campus, into varsity life. How was that for you? So I think no one could have prepared me for the transition. Um, I think it's quite a jump actually from high school to to university um everything is just like you 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 actually get to be 
you get a taste of the world of, of being part of the world like society mm-hmm. um before you are you are sheltered a lot and there's a whole lot that you don't know you don't have to make that too many decisions but when you're moving to university it's like you are starting to your eyes are starting to open to a whole lot of things that you never knew about before so it is quite a transition um but yeah i i i quickly uh met good friends and i think it was by god um one of my best friends we met uh, the first i think first few weeks when i was there and i think that shapes your university experience as well the kind the friends that you have the minute you get there because you're all like there's a whole lot of you because this is humongous and you're all freshers and you're all coming from different places and those people that you connect with that first week if it's orientation week or what kind of week it is it's it's so important so mm-hmm. i was by god um really lucky to have met friends that i think i think um really helped me in my journey or in general or just were really good for me at the time sure sure and what were some of the things that kind of stood out? Like you, you say no one could prepare you. What were, what were some of these kind of culture shock things that you went through? Um, so I went to study um, journalism, but I only get, you only get to do journalism in your honors year. But so I was doing like media studies and politics as my undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, I went from writing like, I think it was like 500 word essays to writing like 2000 word essays yeah. and so it's like it's quite a jump it's mm. like you know even the 500 like you know your teachers are lenient they're like yeah even if you just make it like 350 it's fine so you're keeping it at 350 for a while yeah. <laughs> and so now yeah. it's like standard procedure that you you get you write 2000 words and you're like i don't even know um, so you, you realize very quickly that the, the lecturers are not like your teachers and mm. the tutors are not your friends. So you, you, you kind of on your own, you just sure. have, to, you have to figure this out. So that was, that was a bit of a culture shock for me. Um, yeah. Okay. And, and, and I mean, again, like, you know, we, we're talking about a couple of years ago now but what what did you advise people like if you look back obviously hindsight is 2020 right so you look back at that that time in your life how would you advise people to kind of scale the the walls of 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 varsity hmm. i would say to if you had a mentor when you were involved in in high school to keep that mentor when you move into varsity. I think what typically happens is that when you're a teen, you, you might have a mentor or have someone that you're close to, but then you, when you move into the varsity space, you, you pretty much, maybe you think maybe now you're big, you're, you're, um, you're old enough to handle what's coming or you are able to process things by yourself. But I think to keep that person, would be very helpful because um the varsity space feels very big um and things are not set up for you like they are in school like your classrooms are set up your friends are kind of you can you sit next to a certain person and so i think there's a lot of advice um 
that you need to to achieve what you're actually even trying to achieve. Um, so that's what I would say. Um, and to, if you have friends in high school, stay in contact with some of those friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but especially if you're moving, if you if you're moving from one city to another, to to stay in touch with um, if, like your mentor and and someone. It's yeah. it's. If everything is fighting for your attention. Like every single thing was, I felt like every single thing was fighting for my attention. Um, the, the party life, every, there's a society everywhere for everything. And sure. so you're constantly being like thrown, like, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And, and you don't feel like you have, you don't even know what they're about. You don't even know what you want to do. So I think, it's good to have a mentor, I would say. But some people, some teens are more um, self-aware, so they know exactly right on what they want to be part of, what they don't want to be part of, and what they want to do, and what they don't want to do. And I think that's also good to have. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, so people seemingly are, are quite important, right? It's, I mean, it's it's the mentor. It's making sure you keep in touch with your friends. Um, and you said you said it earlier that the people that you surround yourself with will shape you. They they will have a huge a huge impact on, on kind of who you are and, and who you become. Um, so, so, you know, you, you're at Vets. Uh, talk, talk to me about how did, you, how did you get, you know, converted? How did you kind of come, to, come into contact with the church and all of that? Yeah. So, interestingly enough, during orientation week at Vets, um, I sign up to... to um, I signed up with one of the societies. I forget what it's called at the time, what we were called at the time. So I signed up and I'll get a lot of messages from the society saying, hey, we're having Bible talk at CB something. And I forgot the, the, the lecture room. Sure. And I wouldn't go. <laughs> I wouldn't go. And my intention was to go, but it just happened to be at lunchtime. And, you know, when you're in first year, you hardly really know where anything is. Mm-hmm. So you spend most of your time looking for places. And um, so I wouldn't go because I think I just wasn't well acquainted with the space, but also it wasn't really my interest. My interest was to be interested in God, but I actually really wasn't interested in God right, okay. right at that time. Gotcha. So I wouldn't go. Um, so, but then um, I, I, I lived at a South Point Res. And opposite my dorm, there was a girl who, who's my now friend, um, who her and I used each other's, like, she used, like, she would come in, like, I, I forgot what she was, what she came to ask. And I would go to her room to use something. But anyway, that, that became our friendship. Yeah. Um, and then we started to notice that we're in each other's classes a lot, like politics other classes that I forgot at this point but so she her and I started spending a whole lot of time and she became one of my really good friends mm-hmm. and at the time she was studying the bible and you know on a journey to get to know God for herself mm-hmm. and she told me about it a little bit um and so I had all these associations um with the church um with you know the messages that I was getting and her, um, mm-hmm. and yeah. So then, 
but until I was met by a girl named Portia Jackson mm-hmm. um, from the US, she, she just met me and it was a very interesting thing. She said to me, would you like to study the Bible? She's like, hi, would you like to study the Bible? And I was just like, nobody in my entire life had ever asked me if I wanted to study the Bible. And to be honest, I don't think I had known that the Bible is something you could study. Sure. Um, I don't know if it was just my, you know, my inquisitive nature. I was just like, I need to see what the studying the Bible situation looks like. Mm-hmm. This is the first I hear of it. Um, so then I started meeting up with her and we started looking at the word. And to be honest, at that point, I wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't. I think... Um, I was very deep into the modeling world. I was modeling for really big names. And I think I had these big plans and I was very ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everything that the Bible was saying was kind of calling my heart out, out of that space where I'd invest, invested my heart and into something else. And I, I think it was just, it was hard. Um, so after two or three sessions, I was like, hmm. I'm not going to meet with this girl anymore. But then my friend would be like, hey, would you like to come to a braai with me? I'm like, yes, want to go to a braai. And we'll go to this braai and this braai will turn into a devo. And I was like, ah, oh, this devo getting on my nerves. <laughs> Everywhere. That's well played though. I felt like I couldn't, <laughs> I felt like I couldn't escape. Sure. Um, yeah, but then this went on for about a year. Yeah. This girl reaching out to me and trying to you know, to, to, to help me in my walk with God. She was very patient with me that after a while, I started to think to myself that this kind of patience is not one that I know human beings to have. Mm. So I don't think this girl is being patient with me for the, because she's just a patient person. There's no such thing with human beings as far as I know them. So I, I think after a while, I realized that it, it really was God who was trying to get my attention. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think once that settled in my heart and I realized that, I started being more receptive. And then I went through the Bible studies with her again. And my heart was more open. And yeah. And then in May, in May 2011, I got baptized. And yeah. Sure was the real deal this time. Yeah, man. No, that's, that's awesome. Uh, did you get a certificate? <laughs> I didn't get a certificate. You didn't, all right. But you did get life change. I did change. not. So last time you got, you got a certificate, no life change. This time, no certificate, but life change. <laughs> it's good news. <laughs> well, that's, that's super cool. I mean, I think that's, that's so funny that they would invite you to a bride that all of a sudden it's like, yeah, the meat is going. While the meat is going, let's preach. <laughs> That uh, I might I might pull that yeah. into my ministry my <laughs> ministry growing tactics here, um, but talk to me a bit about this the studying the Bible. You know what what would you? I obviously know you know because I'm I'm involved in the same family of churches that you are. But but what would you describe the this idea of studying the Bible as to someone who maybe doesn't know what what it means? Um. As somebody who was not able to read the Bible ever, because <laughs> I have my grandmother's Bible, and it was the King James Version. And every time I try to read it, didn't even understand what was going on, where to start, what, <laughs> didn't even know what was going on. So that's how I assumed the Bible was. 
Um, so I think studying the Bible made the concepts of the Bible and how to maneuver it much simpler for me. But I think the very first one that we looked at was the word study, like what the Bible was. And I think that was a great tool for me to understand what it is and why it's something that I actually need to study for my life. Mm -hmm. And I think I needed somebody to walk with me mm. because I, there was no way that I was going to grasp the concept by myself. Uh, even if I had like an NLT version or an NIV version, I don't think I would have been able to grasp uh, the con concepts by myself. So um, I think it's Paul in Romans who says, um, um, how will they know if they're not taught? Mm. I think that's what he said. Maybe you can quote it better. Um, I think there is a process in the beginning when you are seeking God um, that is necessary that you have somebody who is older than you to, especially, I would say, yeah, actually everyone to walk with you and, and, and share the Bible with you and help you process it. Because mm. the Bible is something that is applicable to your life. But until you actually like understand how to apply it to your life, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's hard to, to do it by yourself. So I, I'm really grateful sure. that she was that patient with me and sit with me um, through so many concepts. Mm. Um, and to a point of, 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 of basic understanding so that I could continue seeking God on my own. And sure. Reading the Bible on my own. So I'm really grateful for the Bible studies. I would not be able to, to understand a whole lot of things about yeah. Jesus, about myself, about the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I, I share the same sentiment. I think that the Bible... If you don't, you know, and I know I meet a lot of guys obviously doing ministry and they're like, yeah, I've been trying to read the Bible, but I don't get it. Like I start in Genesis. Like if you don't even know where to start kind of somewhat correctly, that's going to be more applicable to your day and age now. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just, it's so, it's yeah. such a confusing book. It's challenging to fully grasp the story, yeah. uh, as they say, the meta narrative. So, yeah. so I, like you, share the sentiment that, man, getting people, someone who's gone a little bit further ahead of you with in terms of understanding the Bible to walk with you um, is, is super, super yeah. helpful. Um, but then for you, you know, obviously you, you became a Christian, you got baptized, you said in May uh, of 2011, but what was the big turning point? Because you were living your life, you know, you, I think you had a, some sense of God exists and, you know, what was the big thing for you as you're doing these Bible studies and seeing the, the word be applied to your life that was like, man, I've got to, I've got to change things here. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was realizing that god is right when when he when he talks about who we are and like our need for for salvation because i think that was the concept that was, i never understood like why jesus why did he have to die why did he have to come um but actually understanding that we need saving and that's why jesus needed to come but understanding through the bible what i needed saving from so my sin at some point really overwhelmed me mm. to the point where I was like, God, you are right. I do need saving. I do need a savior. And to realize that it was already there. Um, Jesus had already done it. He had, he had forethought. He had, he had already um, 
laid the the grace there for me to take Mm -hmm. so that was a turning point for me um and realizing i guess also the the, i think the 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 penny dropped for me when i like i think it was a moment when i was um just I, i continued living my life in university and paving my own path and, and I think for, I was used to uh, paving my own path and, and, and living according to my will and my own standards. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was becoming somebody I never thought I would, I would be. Sure. The things that I was allowing myself to do and the, the, the spaces that I found myself, I was like, this is, this is not who I even want to be. I, I think I'm in control, but I'm actually not. I, I'm, I'm basically going to run my life to the ground at this rate. And I need, I need to, to give up this. Um, I, should give, I need to give up my life to somebody who can help me um, live it according to the way in which um, it was designed to go. Uh, in, in a way that is purposeful, in a way that is impactful, it's meaningful. But I, I knew that that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. In my own will, my own way, my own standards, I couldn't do that anymore. And sure. uh, once I realized that, I, I was like, I just need to give it up. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, so that was my moment. Sure. Yeah, you said something so powerful there. You said, you know, you weren't living your life the way that it was designed to be lived. And I think that mm. is something I'm digging deeper into personally, because I think, you know, we're looking at the world today, it's, you know, more broken, I think, than it has ever been. And it's mm. it's also hard because it's more accessible. So we can see the brokenness more readily. You know, where things were happening mm. a, a decade or two ago, it was hard to get that information as readily available as we do now. I mean, News 24 updates every every couple minutes. Um, but like you're saying, I think the problem is we, we need to go back to almost the factory settings of how this thing was supposed to be done. And the only way to do that is through God. And so I, I really appreciated you uh, you saying that. Um, so I, I want to kind of continue the journey. My, my big hope is to talk quite a bit about journalism because that interests me. Um, but I want to okay. continue to journey with you here. So you, you get baptized t- 2011. Um, and so you've been a Christian mm-hmm. now for nine years, right? This, uh, this year, this, mm-hmm. that's a long time. Yes. Um, what would you say looking back mm-hmm. over the last nine years has been kind of your major learning or learnings? Mm. <laughs> the biggest one is that um, being a Christian does not um, mean that you will not experience like the bad things in the world, the, the, the trials and the tribulations and the suffering. Mm. See, I assumed that being a Christian meant that all that bad stuff that everyone else experiences, Christians are exempt from. So that was the biggest shock of my life to realize that, no, actually, this is, this is very much part and parcel of being in this world. Sure. Um, and it's not, yeah, you're not exempt. So that was the biggest thing that I needed to, um, my eyes were opened to. I think you hear people say that, but I don't think you fully grasp it. Sure. Um, yeah, so that was a big one for me. But I guess in it realizing as well how God is, is full of mercy and full of grace and how it's 
full of compassion even during those times and, and that's what makes having him much better than not during those times sure okay yeah and i again i i mean i've been talking to a lot of people and that's coming up especially with 2020 the year that it has been i think a lot of us are realizing that yep, yeah. we we are all going to be in 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 some rough rough situations together uh, but like you say i think god's character makes it worth it to do it with him like the fact that he is patient he is kind he is compassionate mm-hmm. um definitely changes things um but but then okay so let's let's kind of journey because there's a let me be upfront the reason i want to talk about journalism is because i think there's some parallels in journalism Mm -hmm. to how people humanity should connect and relate with one another and i actually think part of what's breaking down i believe in journalism is part of what's breaking down in society right so i know you worked for a local magazine here uh for a little bit um, but but tell us tell us about that. Tell us about journalism. How would you define journalism? Maybe to start, and then what was your experience like actually working for for a local newspaper here in South Africa? Mm. So I loved journalism. Wow! I remember when I first started, I was like, "We're going to change the world. We're going to bring the truth in, out into the open, and people are going to change, and they're going to be." You know, they're going to see that they need to serve the people more and less, be less so self-serving. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and then I did it for, so I worked for a newspaper. Uh, when you're at you, you, um, you're part of, um, when you're doing your honors at Vits, you write for the Vits for Pozella. So you kind of get like a little bit of, I don't know, understanding a little bit of how newspapers work. It's meant to train you whilst you are, you're building your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I quickly learned how broken the world is through that and how, how people really, um, how people don't like the truth. Sure. People don't like the truth. They don't like the truth being exposed. They don't like being corrected they don't like being held accountable they don't like um i guess being exposed Mm. and because they don't like that it was crazy to me the lengths at which they would go to cover that up or to 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 really uh try to um, to hide truth or try to hide information Mm-hmm. Um, after a while, I realized that it was a wild goose chase. So I wasn't um, interested in writing for newspapers at the time. So then hence I decided to write for, for magazines because I think though I was interested in exposing the truth and, and, and really helping people through writing, I, I'm particularly interested in helping women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that most women, you find them um, through in magazines. They, well, at the time, they really liked magazines. And they really valued the information that they got sure. from the magazines. So they valued the voice. They trusted the voice. You know, the advice that, you, that they would read from those pages was sacred. And they were like, you know, this is what that says. And, you know, they, they would change their lives 
mm-hmm. according to the it, it's and you, magazines used to be like the now what we call influencers so sure. people would go to the magazines to see what people are how they're thinking and what they're doing so i wanted to be part of that space um in in some way to bring a level of truth and level of um, accountability and to help women Sorry, you've muted yourself again, Natanda. So to, no, it's okay. <laughs> if you can just go back to where you said to help people uh, and to help women. Yes. Is it possible to give me a moment? Sure, no problem. Cool, Natanda, welcome back. Um, you were saying... Uh, yeah, you were saying that, you know, you wanted to be involved in helping women and ultimately magazines at the time were the influences that were going to be able to make the biggest difference, you know, in, in helping women. Yeah, so that, that's where you were at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, so then I, I, I started working for this local magazine, first as an intern and then as a writer there, and, and I loved it for a while. I really did, <laughs> but then I, I I quickly noticed something about um, I quickly noticed that the the kind of as a Christian at the time the kind of advice that I was giving women about relationships, friendships, careers, finances, um, everyday things that they really wanted to know and that they really held so dearly. Mm-hmm. to their heart was not the kind of advice that I would take. Actually, it was not the kind of advice that I would give to anybody. Mm. But because it was a voice, it, this was a specific brand that spoke um, with a specific voice and a specific tone and a, in a specific way, mm. I had to write it that way. I had to give that kind of advice. Sure. And I think after a while, I was just like, this is, this is, not, um, this is not helpful. Um, it's not helpful to them. Um, and I felt, I felt like a hypocrite and I felt like I wasn't doing what I had, what I had hoped to do through the writing. And I think, um, and it said, it set a dream in me to one day be part of a publication where I can actually give women the kind of advice that really is transformative and holds them accountable and brings truth into, into their life and into their hearts and, um, and yeah I didn't feel like that was that but I also felt like that was the way it is and I couldn't change it mm-hmm. um, yeah sure and I think after a while my editor was like you're starting to sound unbelievable you know like writing is a very vulnerable thing so what what you believe um you're it will come out, it will, mm-hmm. it, will, it will show. If you're convicted, if you're passionate about something, it shows. And I think my article started being not believable, like sure. this information that I felt like I needed to write. Mm. Um, yeah. Wow, okay. So, so I'm guessing it's from that place then that, that Love Girl mag, is that, is that where that kind of came up from? Yeah. Okay. So at the time it didn't have a name. Um, at the time, it didn't have a name. I just knew that I wanted to be part of a publication. And to be honest, I was willing to look for this publication. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I figured it was a publication that already existed. 
so I was willing to look for it and look around and, and I went to a lot of I went to a lot of um went to a lot of magazines. Um but I, I, I think I realized still that the the message the message of the message that was being given to women was according to the standard, I guess, that um according to a worldly standard to be honest and sure. i i just didn't feel like that was helpful i think what was being advised women to find their security their satisfaction and their significance in was something that couldn't hold them mm-hmm. it was all these these broken things that couldn't hold them and i then i realized that actually maybe it doesn't exist maybe i will have to create one and um I worked in marketing for like two and a half years. Um, I worked in ministry for a year. Um, and now I'm back in full-time, I'm working in full-time ministry. And so Loved Girl was birthed, I think, end of 2018. Mm. Um, and at the time, it was just like an idea um, and a conviction, just a conviction and an idea. And I think it's been, it's been growing into what I hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think more so because I think along the way in my journey, this past nine years, God, um, through my own journey, showed me what I am very passionate about for women to know, okay. um, uh, which is that they are, especially the children of God. I think you can be a Christian for a very long time, but never really fully understand that god is a loving god it's like we get these ideas but we don't we don't really actually get that and i think women the heart of a woman is so um uh, it's, it's just created so beautifully it needs to know that truth and that is the kind of truth that it's it it, 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 it needs to find a security in and its value in and its significance in so i'm very passionate about women knowing that about and understanding that everything that God says comes from that, from that foundation. It all comes from there. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, we'll definitely link to, to Loved Girl Mag on, in, the, in the show notes. Um, but I, but I want to kind of dive a little bit into this, this journalism and, and ask you a question mm-hmm. that I'm, again, I'm, this is partly just mainly my own interest, but I think there's stuff that everyone can learn here. Um, what mm-hmm. in journalism, the things that you learned, the skills, whatever the case may be, um, what about those things translate into everyday life? Like how do, how has journalism impacted how you relate to people on the, on the day-to-day one-on-one kind of situations? Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I've never even asked that before, but that's a good question. I... I'm naturally curious about people. Mm. I'm naturally curious at, um, I, I guess, I guess um, I was always, but then journalism gave me, I could say the, um, yeah, it grew that. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, it grew that in me. I'm naturally curious about people and what they are thinking, and mm. what, <laughs> how they view life, how they go through their everyday life. Um, what makes them sick? What makes them happy? Um, what makes them not happy? What do they think about everything? 
naturally mm. cu curious. Um, yeah, I, I guess also I learned how to communicate with people, mm -hmm. um, how to, how to give them the information that they need, mm -hmm. how to give them um, truth, how to, Yeah, how to give them the information that they need. That's as far as I can think so far. Sure. But I find this very interesting. I actually would love to know what your thoughts are on it and how you think it connects, because maybe I haven't connected it. So, the, okay, the, the where the question comes from is I think in society, and you said it is part of your answer, is it helped you with how you related to people. And I think what's happening in society as we continue to go further and further into this digital age is people are losing their curiosity for people. They're losing that, let me ask questions. Mm -hmm. Let me, and ask questions and then listen with, with listening ears, not mm -hmm. ask questions with, oh, I'm about to say this, or you, you're going to get it from me, you know, like, and I think, you know, journalism to me, which is why I've just enjoyed doing these interviews is because journalism was that, you know, if you look at, mm. if you look at um, even to some extent, you know, TV news, like it was asking questions and then yeah. disseminating information, right? Uh, whereas now, mm. I think, you know, we, we are, it's all about sound clips and sound bites. It's, it's, it's the headline. What does the headline say? Okay, then I know what's happening in the situation. And mm. I think we treat people like mm -hmm. that. And that's where my question comes from is to yeah. you know, your journalism background mm. kind of translate. But you, you said something that was interesting a little bit earlier that I want to circle back to. You said people, people don't like hearing the truth and they, they don't want the truth to be yeah. spoken. And then now you said journalism has taught you how to give people information so and to give mm -hmm. people truth so i want to i want to talk a little bit about that tension how do you navigate that tension in and i'm not talking journalism aspect i'm talking now on the personal on the interpersonal relationship level mm. yeah you know I, I i think a person who i think did this very well and i know this is going to sound like you know always the answer but it's jesus um i think if you look at the scriptures when he meets like he meets the woman at the well for example mm -hmm. and he asks her all this, this this question um i think like what you said i think you in order to give a person the truth that they need if you know if they need or the information that they need you need to be genuinely interested in the person genuinely interested in the things that they're going through in their lives. Um, the things that are clouding their minds, you need to be able to get in there with people. And, and, and in, once you, once, um, once people, once you're a trusted voice, once you have earned that trust, then they're more open for you to be able to, to give them truth. Mm. Um, you become, you know, a trusted voice. You become a friend. Mm. Um, you become somebody who's not just there for their for for your own benefit because you want to give them truth for truth's sake, but for their benefit. Sure. So I think it, and I think Jesus did that very well with the with the lady at the woman at the well. Mm. 
Mm. Um, he just was genuinely interested in her life and in how this, all this, the life that she had lived and how she had lived was really heavy on her. Mm-hmm. And, and what he was trying to do was unburden her with giving her this truth. Sure. And I think um, that is one way, like even, even in, as a writer, like you, you, you constantly, you know, uh, the person you're interviewing, you are, or the, the person that you're writing about or the topic you're writing about, you're, you're trying to find what is, what is actually burdening people. Mm-hmm. And, and understand and, and noting down how you have gone out of your way to research and to ask a lot of questions and to understand what, what, and like, yeah, you've put yourself in their shoes. And now with all of that information, then this is what an expert in psychology or an expert in this says that you can do to help your situation because the goal is to help your situation it's not to give truth for truth's sake sure i don't know if that makes sense no that does that's that's super powerful because i think it goes back to you almost have to begin with a curiosity about people right you need to be interested Mm -hmm. and care about people which i mean at the bedrock of christianity is love god love people that's that's it that's what it's Mm -hmm. that's what it's all about so I, i think you know it's profoundly uh, powerful what you said that you know Jesus cared first about who she was and then the truth was to try lift that burden and the same is true in writing I think the same is true in friendship like did if I'm hanging out with mm-hmm. you I want to listen to you to be able to help you know at, at some in some way shape or form mm-hmm. um, so so what are some some like techniques that you've learned maybe about disseminating truth about having those harder conversations uh, that we could practically that I could practically apply in my conversation in two hours with this random dude that I'm going to meet mm. I love it's, it's like what you said ask a lot of questions um, and I'm recent, I'm learning, I don't know if you've learned this in, in, in probably you've learned it in your marriage classes, but the, the mirroring, when somebody, when, 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 when you say something, I will then say, what I understand that you're saying is A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. So that in every, in, in, every in, in every point of the conversation, the person understands that your intention is to understand them. Sure. their feelings um, and what they're going through in the situation. And I think that builds the trust and you become a trusted voice okay. um, through that. But also it, it, it displays care. It displays compassion. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing is compassion. I, I love compassion because it's, it, it's one of those things that is great about, that is great about, um, god that human human beings have the the ability to do to do but often don't want to do for each other but it's just like putting yourself in another person's shoes um and going going the journey with them that is actually what human beings really want in in any in any situation their approach might have to be different depending on the person and you get that out of the conversation like what helps them but i think just um journeying with someone showing them that you are here through asking a lot of questions and trying to understand and asking how I can, how can I help and how can I be there for you? And genuinely um, having that as the goal. Sure. Um, anything else. So that's what I would say. 
Yeah. So, so I just want to confirm if I'm understanding your definition of compassion correctly, it's to, it's to put on somebody else's shoes and then walk in that, in that person's shoes for a while with the goal of, I want to help. Is that, is that a, is that a fair definition of your, of your, is that a fair description of your definition of compassion? Yeah, somewhat. Um, so I think the, the, the definition that I recently found was um, compassion means to suffer with. Mm. Um, you don't necessarily need to help. You just need to understand and be there. Okay. So sometimes, for example, when we're going through times of suffering, I don't believe that God is like, you know, he's like, oh, let me take you out of it. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you through this, you mm. know, like um, Isaiah 43 says, when you go through the fire, um, when you go through the water, I'm very scared of always like um, misquoting the Bible. <laughs> sure, so when sure, I'm no about problem. to quote it, I get nervous about what it actually says. Um, when you go through the waters, um, something about how I will be with you. It's, mm. it's not like I'm going to take you out of it. I will be with you. And I think that is a, a powerful thing. Uh, so okay. compa compassion for me is to be with someone through what they're going through and okay. be willing to suffer with them if they're suffering. Mm. Um, but that's a thing that we don't want to do as human beings. Sure. So like ourselves, it'd be, we don't like suffering with us. We don't like yeah. suffering, period. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. We want to stay in our comfort zones for sure. Okay, that's, that's a great definition. And I think it's, it's helpful for me to even think, like you said, you, you know, detaching the I want to help. Because I'm I'm, a lot of guys are said to be this way, action-oriented. So I'm like, man, you're sitting in the pit. I get that. The, the pit is dark let's go we can get out of the pit you know and i think what you're saying is just relax let's sit in the pit and let's suffer with it at the right time you know we'll we'll come out uh, but i did want to ask you because you said ask a lot of questions yeah um but what makes a good question mm -hmm. it's something that i'm trying to figure out what what makes a good question what makes a good question wow that does sound like journalism 101 um what makes a good question, I would say, is just question with the woman at the well. Okay. So he specifically asks her, he says to her, go get your husband. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a question that, um, I, don't think, I don't think there's a specific, like a good question, but there's a, there's a leading question. Okay. There's, it's not just like, it's not just like I'm asking you a question, but it's like, there's a there's a there's a we we, we are journeying to the root mm. of the, what's going on so if someone is if there's something going on with someone we're journeying slowly to the root okay. of what's actually going on so i would say that's a, that's what makes a good question as long as you're going there it's a okay. good question wow all right no, that's good. I, yeah, again, I, I mean, partly because I do this, but I, I interact with people. I have a deep heart to help people. And I think, yeah. you know, conversation is how you start, right? I think the woman at the wall is a great mm -hmm. example. It starts with Jesus saying, hey, can you give me a drink? Mm -hmm. And this dialogue would ultimately change mm -hmm. her life and her town forever. 
Um, and so, you know, the more that mm. I can learn, the more that I can glean from someone who, with your experience, uh, the, the more helpful uh, that I, I hope to be at least and, and hopefully can, can implement, mm. can implement this stuff into my life. So, so I really, I really appreciate that. Mm. Um, but, but last question here before we kind of, we kind of close is, you know, you, you're writing uh, for Loved Girl magazine. You, you have this, this thing going on. You have this desire for, for curiosity. You know, you want to learn, you want to learn about people. Um, you know, there's, there's so much, there's so much that that's gone on with you. Uh, but the question I, I want to ask is, is, a, is this, and I'm trying to get, get the correct wording here. Mm-hmm. What, what, what would you, okay. What role would you say this idea of you being a curious person uh, has played in your development in your relationship with God? Um, yeah, I think, I think being curious in general has made me develop um, a need for depth of insight, like wanting to know things deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in, in the beginning, it was how the wor- world exists and how the world functions, and realizing that underlying all of that is is a God who put everything together. Um, and I think having found God now, it has become more so like understanding who He is and understanding His character. Mm-hmm. And I think going deeper into into the word going deeper into um, prayer and trying to get to know this God and in reaching the conclusion that everything that he does he does in love for love and it's not even he he's not trying to gain anything by what he says and what he does and um in and through his creation it's 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 all it's awful it's he has created this world um from love and he takes care of it through love and everything he does is love and i think Mm -hmm. that's what it has helped me with it but it has also given me um um perspective on why he created the world and, and and more specifically why he created people and why he thinks about people the way he thinks about people and why he values them so much and how much worth he has put into them and how they are created to be these glorious beings that represent his whole image. Mm. Um, and that, that, you know, they, they represent his, yeah, the image bearers who represent his being and he cares so deeply about them and, and he grieves a lot about what we've become yeah. and he has a plan to redeem so that we can become exactly what he created us to be so I think it has helped me to look at God in a, deep, in a deeper way and has helped me look at people in a much deeper way and bringing those two together has kind of given me I guess a purpose mm. to help people understand who God is and then in that help them understand who they are Sure. Amen. 
Yeah, I, I ask that because, I, again, I worry about the sound bite, the short bits and pieces why I love uh, doing the longer form interviews because I think it's helpful for us to really unpack topics, especially, especially about God and, and his character and, and stuff. Mm. Um, but how do you deal with the unanswered questions, the questions where, man, I've, I've tried, I've looked, I've read books, and, and I just don't seem to get a clear definitive, this is God's stance or this is what he thinks. How do you deal with that? I think, you know, like a relationship with God is like any other relationship. Um, when you're first getting to know somebody, like I could know you for like nine years and still just, you know, be scratching the, the surface, you know, we, we were, we're deep and complex. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, it's just being, it's being, being in a relationship um, means you are more of my life and what I don't know now and what I know um, now. Sorry, person. Oh, sorry, not to you know. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt yes. you. You, the, you couldn't hear me. The connection went bad. Yeah, not 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 your fault. Oh, but you you. I'm trying to remember what you. The last thing you said is you can be in a relationship and and then it mm-hmm. kind of went wonky and then you came back, but we had missed a piece there. So if you don't mind taking your thought from okay. me again. Okay. So being in a relationship, um, when you're in a relationship with someone, you are getting to know them and you're okay with getting to know them and you understand that what you know now is just a scratch of the surface. Mm. But one day you will know them fully, um, probably when you're old and gray. And I think the same applies with God. Uh, It's a relationship and I've been in a relationship with God for nine years. And what I know now, I'm grateful to know. And what I don't know, I'm excited to discover. Um, In the same way that you do with people, Mm. you, you don't expect them to be telling them everything about who they are right there. It's not an interview. Sure. It's a discovery. So I think I would encourage um, people who are wondering about to, to get into, into the mindset of discovering God um, wow. and being okay with that, being part of the journey. And then the, the, the answers will unfold naturally. Sure. Because even if, even if God were to say right now, like, this is what I'm thinking. <laughs> If you're not, if all the pieces of puzzles have not come together properly, you wouldn't really understand. Mm. That's what I think. Wow. This has been, this has been really good. Uh, it's, it's been really, really rich. And I, I'm so grateful for all that you've shared. Um, and so to close, I'm going to give you the, the final word here. Uh, to, to, yeah, to all the people listening, it's generally people under the age of 35, probably excusing my mom. Um, but what would you say to them to help <laughs> them thrive in life as well as in their faith? I would say um, try to figure out where your security, your significance, and your satisfaction, what is it in? And try to move that slowly but surely to God. That is, that is the way to have a, a fulfilling life, I'd say. So when you figure out what those three things, what, where your security is, um, 
it really will help to to transfer that to God. So that's that's what I would say for people who are in their journey with God. And I think it will it it, it will give a richer, um, more fulfilling life and a richer and more fulfilling relationship with God. Wow. I know that sounds complex, but it's the journey. <laughs> And now it is, it's, it's a journey and it's been so great getting to learn about your journey and, and all that you've been through. And then I think a little bit of a deep dive into journalism and curiosity and people uh, has really been great. Uh, so Notando, I'm just so grateful for the time. Uh, I know uh, we've had to reschedule and reschedule a little bit to get this one done, uh, but I appreciate your grace, your grace with that. Yeah. <laughs> and just sharing, sharing so honestly, sharing in such a real way. Um, it, is, it has helped me uh, at the very least. I don't know if I'm sure it will help many others. Uh, but yeah, just thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. What a great interview, right? Uh, at least it was for me. Uh, I really enjoyed it and was really able to learn so much. Um, I don't know um, about you, if uh, you noticed that the time flew by as quickly as it did. Uh, but even when we got done with the interview, I was like, wow, man, that was so cool because it was so easy. Um, and it was just, it just, it was just a really good time. Um, but I wanted to mention real quick before I jump into kind of a little bit of what I learned um, was just that I know I mentioned after a thousand downloads, I wanted to do a giveaway. Um, as of right now, what I wanted to give away is not going to be available until December, uh, which is ultimately a book that I helped to to. I put a chapter in. I didn't help to write it. I put a I wrote a chapter. Um, and so wanted to give that away. But unfortunately, that only gets released in December. I thought it was October. Oops, awkward. One of those moments. So sorry about that. Um, so for right now, the giveaway is going to be put on hold until December. And then I figured I can just do a bigger giveaway seeing as it's December and Christmas and all of that good stuff. So uh, if you want to, please feel free to hook me up, hit me up with what are some things that would be cool to get. Obviously things related to the podcast would be great. Um, Maybe things related to me. Um, so, or maybe just something that you're like, hey, could you hook me up with this as part of your giveaway? Who knows? Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for those who have asked about that. And sorry that it is not coming in at the time that I thought it would. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, yeah. So takeaways, big key takeaways from uh, Notando's interview. I think I wanted to talk about the journalism thing, like I said, just because I feel like people aren't curious. And that's that's what I want to underline. It's just like, you know, her approach to how she she thinks about communicating with people and asking the next question and listening to people and being there with people. I just wish we had more people that did that. I really think, uh, yes, life is hard. Yes, the world is crazy. But we could all use another, a better listening ear. Uh, from someone around us. And I think we could all be that person if we put our minds to it. So one of the things that I challenge myself with just practically, and maybe you can try to do this, uh, Palisa, my wife, is incredible at this, um, is just to ask five good questions. You know, whenever I meet someone, get with anyone, whether it's someone I've been with for a long time, like, you know, one of my good mates or someone that I'm 
mentoring or someone that I'm meeting, you know, brand new for the first time, I just try to ask, you know, one question that hopefully is open-ended enough that they'll speak a bit. And then I, I just want to listen well enough to be able to ask the next question. So uh, if you can ask five good questions back to back, generally, you'll begin to have a really good connection and relationship with the person, even if it is really brief. And I think people could really use, especially since coming out of lockdown and, and stuff, people could really use uh, just good conversations. So that's it for me. That's my my little thought uh, on on or reflection, I guess, on what what was in the podcast episode this week. I hope you have a great week ahead of you. Cheers.